Did you read this last time? Eh? Okay, now we're going to do a bit of reading, all right, today, because these are the things I want to quickly explain for the time that we have left. Ephesians chapter 2. Now we're going to read quite a lot, so I'll be a bit quick, please, pardon me. Now this one is kind of long. How am I going to do this without taking too much time? I want to read into chapter 3, verse 6. Now please, bear what we read in Colossians 1, 26 in mind. Paul says something here, verse 1, book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Once you were dead, he says, in your disobedience and your many sins. The other thing I want to bring up is the meaning of the word, that dead. What does it mean? He said, you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit, he says, at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. That is, those who don't obey God. It is not just their determination. There is a spirit that is pushing them. If you read a lot of the decadence that they are trying to spread in the world today, that a man like the current American president is their champion, trying to explain that a man can marry a man, a woman can marry a woman. The Bible says there is a spirit that is at work. Once when the, when the Supreme Court in the United States, um, um, <clears throat> when they legalized um, homosexual marriages, I said to one of my friends, I, 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 I chatted with him, and I just were talking about it. And I said, misguided people. He said, Banky, they are not misguided. And I said, confused people. He said, they are not confused. He said, these are satanists, that they had a long agenda to promote the satanic, you know, that they had a long plan to promote the satanic agenda, that these are not confused people. And Paul was saying here, he's saying here, that this spirit is working in the hearts of these children of disobedience, people that do not obey God. In verse 3, it says, all of us used to live that way. We were under the control of that same spirit, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. Of our sinful nature. He said, but our very nature, he said, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like Ed, everyone else. That's self-explanatory. But God, somebody say, but God. Say it again, but God. God. Say one more time, but God. God. Say, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead, now listen to the word again, dead. I want to explain that today again. Because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is by God's grace that you have been saved. For For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Please, I want us to bear something in mind. Paul speaks in past tense. I said that last time. He always spoke in past tense. He just said, walk like that. Accept it and let it be the foundation for your life. Paul spoke in past tense. And he was speaking the revelations of God. Okay? So he said, you were dead. Somebody say, I was dead. I was dead. He said, I, you were also raised up with him. Say, I, I am raised up with him. I am alive now. Now, he said that is because you are united with Christ, not because of what you did. So in verse 7, it says, So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Now, he said God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for it. It is a gift of God. God prospered you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it, it says, because of my giving. He said, no, 
It is a gift of God. God gave you a good husband, all right, when you believed. You can't say it's because of my lifestyle before that time. He said, no, it's a gift of God. God gave you a good wife when you believed. You can't say because, it's where I, because I know how to you know, choose, you know. He said, no, it's a gift of God. All these things are gifts. They are ours because we are united with Christ Jesus. Verse 9, it says, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Can you see that? Why do we have to argue about these things with Christians sometimes? <laughs> they don't know the meaning of the word salvation, maybe. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done. If you ever read the Schofield Bible, he explains the meaning of the word salvation. The word salvation does not just mean to be saved from sin. The word salvation is the totality of everything that God does for you. It means to be delivered. That is from the satanic bondage. It means to be healed. That's part of salvation. It means to be prospered even though you were poor. That's part of salvation. It means to have a sound mind even though you were confused. That's part of salvation. And Paul is saying it clearly here. It is not because of anything that you did. It is a gift of God. He said salvation is not the reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Salvation is not only that one I gave my life to Christ. It's right now. I like the way David Paulson will say it. He said I am being saved. Yes. <laughs> That is the banking of 2016. That banking is far better than the one of 2014. Than the one of 2012. Not because of the work that I'm doing, but because of the discovery of Christ that is coming to my life. Every improvement, he said, is a gift of God. Not because of the work that I did. We activate these things how? By faith. Our work is an expression of our faith. If we do good works, it must be because we know that is what God requires of us as a lifestyle. Not so that we can do it so that he can give something back to us. We, can't, we don't do that. He said, it is not a result of what we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And that's said in verse 10. He said, we are God's masterpiece. His own handiwork. Not our own handiwork. His handiwork. My destiny is not what I determined. It's not the keys I know how to pull. It's God's handiwork. He said, we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew, he says, in Christ Jesus. So we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Did you notice that? Which one came first? The good, the, the good things or the salvation? salvation? Which one came after? The good deeds. That is, we're saved so we can do. Now I said something the other day. It's my, listen, I have no problem with the gospel of prosperity. I'm just trying to use it to explain things. I said... You do not prosper because you give. You prosper so you can give. It's there, it's there, it's there in the scriptures. He said, we, our, well, let's use prosperity as an example. Our wealth, our prosperity is his doing, his masterpiece. Masterpiece meaning that he was the one that painted it. If you use New American Standard, he said, we are his workmanship. It's something he did. He said, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are created first, then we are doing the good works. Are you getting my point here? He said we are his masterpiece. He created us anew, not by our own determination, our own effort, but in Christ Jesus. And as a result of that, he says, we can do good things. He says, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That is, without him creating us in Christ, we don't have the ability to do. Now, Let's now get back to the other thing I wanted to, to read, verse 11. 
He said, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcision heathens by the Jews. Let me use New American Standard there. It says, you were called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision. That's literal. <laughs> New Living Translation says, you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. He said, in those days, verse 12, you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. He said, but now, somebody say, but now. I'm not going to divide, like I said, there are a number of principles I want to bring out for us here to look at. One, what does it mean to be dead? Then the different, remember Colossians, we read in verse 26, the centuries, the ages past. That, those are the two things I want to bring out today. I hope I will have enough time. He said that, but now, say it again, please. All right. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. What I'm, what I'm trying to emphasize by that, but now, is that it lets us know there is a then and there is a now. He said, verse 14, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. What is that peace? The peace is reconciliation. He end, is ending the separation between two people. Look at, look at the way he said, he said in verse 7. Let me finish reading it. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. Can you see that? He united Jews and Gentiles into what? <laughs> Who tells you that Jews are special? The only special Jew is the one that's in Christ. And in Christ, he's the same with the Gentiles. Who's in Christ? There are only three ethnic divisions of mankind, as far as God can see. Broadly speaking now. There are just three. Now, I won't read it, but later you can read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33, 32. Paul broke them down like that. He said there are Jews, there are Gentiles, and there is what? The church. Let me hear it loud. The church. the church of God. Those are the three ethnic divisions of mankind. Jews, Gentiles, the church of God. Amongst the Gentiles, you now start having people who are Arabs, Nigerians. Nigerians, you have those who are Hausa Fulani, Igbos, Yorubas, Shekris, Ijaws, but God doesn't really care about that. He said Gentiles one group, Jews one group. There's a third group, and that third group is unique. And that's called the church of God. What is unique about that one is that God took people from both groups to form the new group. Yes, so you can't be in both groups. At this, that is, you can't be in this new group and be in the old group. Yeah. It's just a matter of history. If you want to explain something that God took from here, he took from here. Once they are in Christ, they are all what? Christians. They are all one. That's one of the things I, I, I'm trying to explain. He said he created one body. He formed a new people from the two groups. Together as one body, God reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward one another was put to death. Let me just explain something to you quickly. Have you heard of Arab and um, um, uh, Jewish Israel conflict? 
It's going on all the time. When I was a little boy, they were fighting. Shall I give you an announcement? When I will be an old man, they will still be fighting. The other day, Chris Delvan came to Benin, our program, to come and preach. He said there was a time for a few years. He made up his mind he would not listen to the news, watch the news, read the newspapers. He said, I discovered that I did not miss anything. He said, when I stopped, and when I started again, the same news. The Jews were still fighting the Arabs. He said, nothing has changed in the world. He was trying to say that there's nothing new. Now, I'm going somewhere. The day reconciliation will come to them is when they realize what God has done for them in Christ. There's no negotiation that will ever work. Let's continue reading so I can get to the thing I want to say. Watching the time. He said, he brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, verse 17, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come. All of us, Jew and Gentiles. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit. On what basis? Because of what Christ has done for us. Not because Abraham is your father or Jacob is your father. He said all of us can come to God. On what basis? Because of what Jesus has done for us. You see why I, when I talk, some people say that I don't like a Jew. I say, me? I love everybody. I am just saying the hope for everybody is only Christ Jesus. That's what I'm saying. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house. Not our church. Church building. Uh, you get my point? <laughs> Pastor, Apostle Kimuti. You were on air. A man was fighting you that you said God does not live in a building. I don't know why people can't just get it clear. Let's just say it for record purposes. God does not live in a building made of human hands. Brick and mortar. Glass and stone. He doesn't live there. See this place? God doesn't live here. Is this the house of God? No. The physical structure? No. What makes this hall holy? Holy in quotes is that you came. I came. We came. So we, the house of God came here. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Remember the illustration I used the other day? David Parson said some, a school came to do, you know, like doing, um, what do you call it, excursions and uh, what do you call that? What the, it's an excursion, right? So they came to see a church. So they said they came to see the church. So they, I think they went to the parsonage or the church office first. So can we see the church now? Ah, the man says, sorry, the church is not around. The school teacher got confused. Because from the corner of her eye, she's looking at the building. Sir, we want to see the church. She said, I'm sorry, the church is not around. If you will come back Wednesday evening, the church will be here. Otherwise, come back on Sunday morning. He allowed the woman to get confused for a while. And I said, listen, the church meets here. This building is not the church. This building is where the church meets. <laughs> I pray we get it too. <laughs> Paul said it here. We are his house. Built on the foundation of apostles. Of the apostles and the prophets. 
and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles have also, uh, are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Now, please let me read six more verses and I'm done. He said, when I think of all of this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you or you Gentiles, he said, assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read, read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations. Remember Colossians? Yes. yes. But now, by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. What is that plan? Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share how? Please, I didn't hear that well. Please say it again now. (laughs) They share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. That is, once Brother Hegib, he has this organization in America, Christians United in Support of Israel. And I feel like I should organize one. Christians in Support of Nkano People. You were around last time. <laughs> I can organize something called Christians in Support of Arabs. It's just, as equal, it's just as good. He put a man down. They were trying to promote a program. That guy is a rabbi. Let me tell you who a rabbi is. He's a teacher. Let me tell you who a modern-day rabbi is in the, in the Jewish community. He's a man who teaches other people that Jesus is an impostor, is not the son of God. Yes. Don't forget that. Yes. He's a man who says that Jesus, we don't know who he is. He's not our Messiah. He's the one who says, who says that Messiah is here to come and Christians are liars. And they stole his body and deceived us that he rose up from the dead. That's what he is. Why? That's the typical Jewish mentality. And it's a man who teaches that. Who says that the law of Moses is the way of salvation. You obey Moses, you find salvation. Then my brother, he put his hand around him and said, this is my brother, Rabbi Ishak, Mushak, Mushak, Muhadin, whatever. And I felt like looking for an Arab. And said, this is also my brother. Because both of them are unbelievers. Both are unbelievers. And don't come and harass my soul that this one has a promise. Paul said, listen, my friend, promises are only confirmed in Christ. And in Christ, Jew or Gentile, they are the same. He said, if they have not believed, they are false Jews. That's what Paul said. That's what Jesus himself said in Revelation. He made it clear that if you haven't believed, you are, he said they call themselves Jews, but they actually are a synagogue of Satan. Please, let's get this clear. Like I, please, don't get me wrong. I love Israel, Israelis. I love Israelites. I love Jews. 
I'm just saying, at the same time, I love Hausa people. I love Yoruba people. I love Igbo people. I even especially love Yoruba people because I want to marry somebody from there. <laughs> I love everybody. Nobody is special outside Christ. But everyone can come into Christ. That's what I'm trying to emphasize in all of this. He said, equally. Equally. Which verse is that, please? He said, both are part of the same body. And both equally, we both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace, verse 7, and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Okay, let me stop here. I think I should stop there. That's a good place to stop. Let me now explain the thing I want to say quickly from this, although I've been saying as I was going on. I just want to remind us again that there are two divisions of the time of man. For those of us who believe in Christ, we say AD and what? BC. Okay, let me say, we say BC and AD. What is BC? Before Christ. What is AD? No, not after this. Which means the year of our Lord. Alright, that's what it means. I know Domino, the year of our Lord. Which means, it's after Christ, okay? So essentially, is we are counting from the year of our Lord. Do you understand my point? That's how it is. Now, but you know, the Jews don't like that. So they change their own. To BC and BCE. What is BC? Before the common era. Do you get my point? No, the, their own is, BC, is BCE and CE. Sorry. What you call BC, BC they call BCE. What you call AD, they call CE. So the world is now using, if you read any secular magazine, modern magazine, that's what they use now. Oh, start looking. Oh, you don't know how this, uh, you see, let me tell you something about life. More people are angry with the concept of Christ than there are who are angry with the concept of God. A lot of people on this earth, they believe in God. What they hate is the word Christ. And what the Jews don't like is the fact that you attach Jesus to it. Christ is okay with them, but don't put Jesus there. So they, they don't like the year of our Lord. The Muslims don't like the year of our Lord. The unbelievers don't like the year of our Lord. So they, they rejected AD. So they switched it to a new thing, which is what? They now call it common error. So what you call AD, they call common error. What you call BC, they call before the common error. So it's BCE. Please just go and pick any modern Arctic magazine anything and check. History book. That's what they now use. But the reality is that what made an area common, which is why I like it, I actually like it. What made this era common is the coming of the Lord Jesus. What is good about it is that the covenant is now common. <laughs> Are you getting my point here? Yes, it is good. We now know that the covenant is common to help Jews and Gentiles. Before Christ, there were two divisions of mankind. Jews and Gentiles. After Christ, there's a new division, which we saw here. He said there's a new body, and that is called the church. And both Jews and Gentiles are the same inside that. I just wanted to explain that. Because when Paul was talking about things that were hidden before, beforehand, the prophet prophesied they didn't understand. By the time Jesus was going, Peter still didn't get the point 
that the Gentiles are not the same as the Jews. That was why God raised Paul up. Like Paul showed us there, that this is the mystery. That people did not know that Gentiles and Jews are not the same. Just in case you do not know. Hmm? You know, Paul said something. He said he has broken down the wall of partition. See, I found out that actually, literally, there was a wall of partition in the temple. Gentiles would come, but they got to a place they couldn't come closer. So there's an area they call the court of the Gentiles. Anybody could get there. That was where they were selling all kinds of things. They turned it to... That was where the Gentiles were allowed to come and pray. They started using it for money exchange. That's why Jesus got angry. The house of prayer for all nations. Jesus got angry. They turned it to money exchange area. Now, on that wall that, was partition, that, that separated them, they made it clear. It was written in red letters. If you are not a Jew, you cross this area. They are going to kill you. So, your blood will be on your head. That was a wall that Paul made it clear that Jesus came to destroy. Are you getting my point? That that world does not exist again. There's a man I respect. I won't mention his name, even though I quote him here a lot. All right? I'm not mentioning his name because I disagree with him on this point. He preached some messages in which on how to interpret Old Testament prophecies. And he says that they are for the Jews. And I felt like calling him and say, Sir, you did not read Paul well. Paul said, All the promises of God are confirmed in Christ. He said, now there is no separation. So if a Jew can claim a promise, I can claim it. Why? We are one body. Please, I hope you are getting my point. If a Jew can claim a promise, I can claim it. Let me just tell you something, in case you did not bother to think about it. Which Bible did Peter read? Let's leave Peter. Which Bible did Paul read? What you and I call the Old Testament, that was what he read. I personally don't use the word Old Testament anymore. I call it the law and the prophets. Why? That was what Jesus called it. That was what the other people called it. What we call Old Testament is taken from the book of Hebrews. And then he, he was writing specifically about the covenant of God that was enacted on Mount Sinai. When they left Egypt and they got to Sinai and God gave them the commandment, the Ten Commandments. All that covenant, that's what they call what? The old covenant. So the old did not start from Genesis. It started from when Israel came out of Egypt. Did it end? Yes, it ended. It ended totally. At the death of the Lord Jesus. That was one of the things he meant when he said it is finished. That was, where the, that was why the veil was torn. The nation of Israel as constituted at that time ended in their relevance. Because they have served their purpose. Now, for the next phase of their lives, they needed to come into Christ. Please, I hope you are getting what I'm going to say here. I said, how do I know? Paul said, yes, we understand why everybody is confused. It's a special revelation they did not know. In the previous generations, we just read it here, people didn't understand it. Paul said, I was raised up to spread the good news everywhere. For the Gentile to know that now, they are not inferior to anybody on the earth. Before that, let me explain another thing. Before the Jews were called out, everybody was sold under sin. There was no law. There was no special covenant. Apart from the one that was given to Abraham. 
who became Abraham. Now, why am I explaining that? Amongst the Gentiles, there were different levels of blessings. Because I told you I wanted to explain the former times. Amongst the Gentiles, there were different levels of blessings. What do I mean by different levels of blessings? I'm watching my time, so I may just continue and develop it again next time. All right? There were different levels. When after the generations of mankind, you can see different. Um, uh, uh, should I use the word checkpoints or landmarks? Genesis was there, creation. Then the next landmark, the next checkpoint, the flood. Before the flood, there were two generations of people, two groups of people under Adam. They were descendants of Seth and descendants of Cain because Abel was killed. Now, we won't talk now, different blessings, there were different levels of blessings and there were different levels of curses. Cain was cursed, we know the story. Seth was blessed. But whether not Seth, whether not Cain, everybody perished apart from Noah and his family. So the curse on Cain disappeared. We don't know anything. What was the mark of Cain? Is it relevant? It's gone. Was it growing a horn? Maybe I suspect. <laughs> they are gone. All the problem, all the sons of God and sons of man, all the, they, they are gone. The only one that remained was Noah and his descendants. A new generation began. Then that generation was divided again. Because Noah had how many sons? Three. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Then different ones were blessed. There were different levels of blessings. Ham, we know, was cursed. How do we know that? We find out that God, when we read that story in Genesis, that what happened? These people, sin, um, Ham sinned, and God said, Cursed be Canaan. Which we, we know, of course, it's a very wrong thing. A man will bear his own iniquity. You don't start a man's sin, you start with his children. Ham had four sons. Remember them. What, what are their names? Cush, Put, Mizraim, and Canaan. Thank you. So you find out that, see, let me just read to you. Don't open your Bibles to, Bible to it. Verse 24, when, Genesis 9, verse 24. When Noah woke up from his stupor, he learned, that, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham. He said, may Canaan be cursed. May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said, may the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed. May Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem. May Canaan be his servant. The most blessed among them was Shem. Next, Japheth. He said, servant of servants. The lowest of servants will be Ham. Will be Canaan. But the truth is this. You see, if you read between the lines of the scriptures, you will see how it came to be. This is my persuasion. Noah didn't say it exactly like this. Moses wrote this. What did Noah say? Noah said, cursed be Ham. 
he placed his curse upon Ham. And that curse went to Canaan, Put, Mizraim, and Cush. But I said, why did he write Canaan? Because they were coming to take the land of Canaan. This was the treatise explaining why they were going after the land of Canaan. What's my emphasis? It did not spare Cush from the curse. It did not spare Mizraim from the curse. From the curse. It did not spare Put from the curse. That's why, till today, everywhere you see dark-skinned people, they are always the slave of the society. What they call the Dalits in India, they are dark-skinned people. They are what they used to call the untouchables. A servant of servants he will be. After the flood, that was a new dispensation, the, the new direction of mankind. When you see white people feeling superior, there's a reason for it. It starts from the spiritual realm. That's why Africans didn't build, not one single story building was found in black Africa. Not one. Everybody lived on the floor. There is a reason for it. But what's my emphasis? I'm talking about those times. That was a division. Amongst the children of Shem, God brought out Abraham. And created the nation of Israel. He will go to Egypt and find a descendant of Ham and give a servant called Hagar. When his sons, Jacob, when his daughters were wed, when you know they would when they are married, they just give them servants. Servant. I watched a documentary one day, uh, 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 Freedom uh, Operation something. This one CNN. Freedom Project. I found a man in uh, is in Madagascar, one of the southern African islands. It was they showed him his slave being released and all of that. These are generational slaves. I found that the man was Arab, the man was black, the slave was black. I shook my head. That is not today. <laughs> and he's a generational. His father served that man's father. Listen, is a spiritual reason. But my message, let me close. Once Christ came, once Christ came, all those pieces of division here and there, Jesus said, look, listen, I don't care who cost your father, cost your family, who said your people be slaves, just come into Christ, we forget it. That is, both the master and the slave, they are one in Christ. So any blessing anybody on this earth can claim, I can Claim it. Why? I am in Christ. The doctrine that a family can be under was before Christ. The doctrine that a nation can be under was before Christ. The doctrine that somebody can be cursed and the generations will never prosper was before Christ. Once they step into Christ, they are free. That's why I don't believe in ancestral curses. Unless you are an unbeliever. That's why Paul said, listen, in former times, they did not understand. Just like you find Jewish-Gentile separation, they were shemic and hamic <laughs> separations. Yes, you can say life has different strata of blessings. I just showed it to you. Abel was blessed. Cain was cursed. 
can kill the bell. God said, no problem. He passed the blessing to, she- uh, to, uh, to Seth. Cain was cursed permanently. A mark was placed upon him. This is a cursed man. He said, the earth will not yield increase for you. There was a curse upon the whole earth, but listen, the most difficult to produce places on the earth were farmed by Cain. God cursed him specially. But his cause disappeared when the whole generation was wiped out with the flood. Then we see here, I'm talking about those errors. We see here, God again, after Noah, some were blessed. Shem was blessed. Japheth was blessed, not as much as Shem. In fact, he tied the blessing of Japheth to Shem. Shem had to cooperate with Japheth. But he said, one person will save all of you, descendants of Ham. Descendants of Ham were cursed. Different strata of blessings and curses. The same way you find Jew, Gentile, different levels of blessing in this life. Now, what's the point I'm making? So different dimensions, different intensities of blessings and curses. And different operations. We can't go into final details. But this is a summary. All these divisions were for ages past, centuries ago, times past. In Christ now, Everything. No, God didn't bother to remove the curse. He removed the people. <laughs> Did you get my point? If till now you are a descendant of Ham, you are in trouble. What do you just do? You just come out from Ham and come into Christ. He said, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All these things are in Christ. Every single thing. Let me summarize it like this. You are not a servant anymore. Amen. You are nobody's slave. Amen. You can prosper as much as anybody on this earth. Amen. Listen, you have been set free in Christ. Amen. Don't go to Jerusalem for a blessing. Blessing is not Conan. I hope you are getting my point. Blessing is in Ibobahil. That's in Benin. Blessing is in Upper Chime. Blessing is in this place. When you go to your house, your house is blessed. Amen. Why? You are blessed as much as anybody on this earth. Why do you go to Jerusalem? The land of Shem. When you can go to your house, the home of Christ. He said, if a man loves me, he will keep my word. Then the father will love him. And I and the Father will come and make our abode with him. God lives in your house. God lives in my house. I don't need to travel to encounter him. He is in my house. He's in your house. He's on your seat with you. He's going to give you a ride home tonight. You are getting my point here. That's what I wanted to explain. That's what Paul was teaching. That there were times past. But there is a new time that we are in. Let's close by saying, but now. now. Rise to your feet. Say, but now. now. Turn to your neighbor. Say, but now. now. Turn to somebody. Say, but now. now. Say, now. Now Now is now. Now Not yesterday. Yesterday Yesterday I was cursed. cursed. But now I am free. free. Yesterday I was in trouble. Yesterday my ancestors were far from God. Say, but now, I am not only close, I am in him. But now, I am free. 
But now, every curse has been broken because I've been removed. I am now in Christ. Say, but now, I am as blessed as blessed can be. Say, but now, my sins are forgiven. But now, I am healed. But now, I have prospered. Now remember, he said, such were you. What were those? Those who were operating under the power of his spirit that compelled them to move in disobedience. Remember that? Say, but now. I am not under that influence. I have the spirit of Christ, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of righteousness that leads to good works. I do good works. Remember what I said the other, the other time? It's in my blood. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, I said it. I went to school. Those you do something easy. They say, oh boy, oh boy, you try. How did you manage that? I said, it's in the blood. Say holiness. holiness. Righteousness. Righteousness. It's in the blood. blood. Let's give the Lord thanks so we can close and go home. Say, Father, we thank you. Thank you for this now. Thank you for this new era. Thank you for now. Thank you for now. Thank you for now. Thank you for now. Say, Lord, thank you for now. Let's say you have prospered in the name of Jesus. Amen. I feel like touching this young man. Yes, I don't know. I just feel like touching you. Come closer. You have prospered in the name of Jesus. Amen. I say you have prospered in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everything that's holding you down is broken. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we give you thanks. Amen. Lord, we worship you. Amen. You are good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now let's powerfully share the grace in fellowship because it's very prophetic. One to go because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. This is my season of fruitfulness. Now, bless somebody on your left or your right. This is your season. Bless another person.